Rocket, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. How are you, sir? I'm very good, Roscoe. How about yourself? <laughs> Mate, that was a very courteous and polite little, <laughs> little welcome. Thanks oh. very I'm I'm fantastic. Thank you very much, my good man. Um, been a couple of weeks since we've had a chat. Uh, not sure if you had the chance to listen to the um, Matt Griffin podcast that we put out last week. Great feedback on that. People, what I'm learning, Rocket, is the more and more we go down this journey of podcasting and, and trying to connect with people, people love a good story, and the Matt Griffin story was one that resonated with a lot of people. They loved the young man from the Bayside suburbs, did his university education, did some training, did some time at uh, golf course land, and then jumped onto tour, went through the, the uh, high development programs that uh, the government offers, got some great coaching, a couple of big wins in New Zealand, overseas. For me, the New Zealand story, that last hole that he took us through was just unbelievable. Just to hear it from the guy that was there that had to birdie the hole to win it, when I was listening to it, it shivers down my spine just to hear what he was going through. And, and the part where he said that his amateur playing partner started to do a haka towards the crowd just blew me away. So, <laughs> anyway, it was, it was a great story and I've got a lot of feedback from people who have listened to it. So I really do appreciate the feedback. Um, what have you been up to, good man? Well, besides more work and more trips to uh, the city of churches, trying to squeeze in a, a, a plenty of golf. There's plenty of golf on, especially this time of the year. We're getting down to the the money end um, where plenty of players are on the bubble and on the bubble either on the web.com tour or especially on the PGA tour. So they're, they're absolutely busting their guts to retain their card and stay in that 125. So the last the last two weeks, so you know, we had the Barracuda Championship. Um, so you know, a true you know Stableford slash handicap event, uh, Barracuda event up in Reno Tahoe, uh, and then last week the Wyndham, which was the last sort of you know regular season tour event before the uh, um, the run for the, the down to the Net Club Championships. So. You know, a lot of players are just on that bubble, and it's oh, it's just fascinating to watch. You know, the movement over the weekends of you know those ones that are just sitting outside the 125, which sitting inside the 125, and you know, and you hear so many stories about players that you know you think about a long season, and it can come down to one shot. You know, you know, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, you know, with Zach Blair, who's now on the the KFC tour. And he won this week, but he tells his story about him himself missing the cut in the Wyndham Championship last year, and basically being in his hotel room and you know having uh, the tour tracker app going and watching all the different players that could knock him out. And in the end, it came down to um, JJ Henry, who blocked his tee shot right into the gunge, then hit this like you know tigeresque shot to 15 feet. And then lipped a, a sharp right to left hooking putt in to basically ensure that um, Zach Blair missed his lost his tour card by like half a half a FedEx Cup point. 
it's just a, amazing to hear the stories that come out of um, you know, the last couple of weeks. So, well, yeah, you, watching you, a lot of that. You mentioned Zach Blair. Let's keep talking about him. So for those that listen to this podcast but not might not be familiar with Zach Blair, just explain a little bit more about Zach Blair and what makes him, in the context of golf and professional golf, what makes him a little bit unique and different and someone that we have to have and more of the likes of Zach Blair playing the game? He doesn't hit it out of his shadow. So even he he jokes that, you know, there shouldn't be anyone on tour that hits it shorter than him. Um, he's really... He's just a really... He's got so much energy. He loves golf talk course architecture. He hangs out with the, the boys from No Laying Up podcast, and he's been out to Australia when they came out and did their tour, um, you know, which was courtesy of BMW. I'm going to get a plug in here somewhere. Um, this is, this and, is, I'm a Mercedes you know, he, he's just a, he's just a, he's just a good, honest, really good, really good golfer. He's not a bomber. He talks, he talks honestly, and he's just a real high energy guy. And he's just a character on the tour is what you see is what you get. You know, he himself wants to create a, a golf course and a golf club in his home state. Um, and jokingly, he said he's retiring from his, his golf course architecture dreams because he he said he needed to knuckle down and focus on his actual golf career, which is going to afford him the ability to maybe build that course one day. So I think- he's not a big guy. He's not a big hitter. He's, a very, he's probably one of the more accurate drivers on tour. Good chipper and putter. And just an all-around good guy. If, if like us, you're into your golf course architecture, and you know you follow a bit of social media and follow these guys, he's absolutely worth following. Um, his golf course architecture knowledge is unsurpassed. Um, you can listen to him on a number of different podcasts that you can just search him out, and you know he's so articulate about golf course design and and architecture. It's uh, it's not funny, but it, does he host the event? at Sweeten's Cove called The Ringer, where he gets, uh, yes. I think it's essentially a bunch of, you know, dudes out there to play this, yeah. you know, weekend Ryder Cup style event. You know, uh, he kits them all out with, or they all get kitted out with Mackenzie Walker bags and their different colours and teams. And uh, even that's just cool to, you know, feel like you're eavesdropping in on and, and have a look at, um, you know, when he did that, you know, some of the video and some of the content that they created around that was pretty cool. Yeah, he's just, he's just, he admits he's just a golf nerd, you know, and, you know, when he, he talks about when he takes time off and not playing events, so sometimes he plays events because it means he plays less golf than what he does if he has a week off, because so, he plays as much golf, if not sometimes more, when, um, when he's, when he's, when he's um, at home, so, yeah, he just, he just loves it, he's, he's just a, he's a top person you just want to listen to, because he's just, a, he's addicted to it. And so it's just fascinating to listen to someone who just has such a passion for the game and everything that's associated with it. Another with a great hairstyle, and you always got to love a pro golfer with a good hairstyle. He's got a nice beard going at the moment too. <laughs> um, so he's he's jumping onto the main tour next year. Is that correct? Yeah. So he's. I think with the win, he secured his um, he secured his card for next year. So you know he he spent you know he focused on the uh, KFC, so all his energy on the KFC tour 
just to make sure that, you know, retained his card. Because I think he had the ability to to play um, enough, get enough starts on the PGA Tour, but I think it was just trying to just knuckle down and focus on, you know, one tour rather than try and jump between between the two. So um, I think he said he, he talked about he tried to do that once before and sort of it didn't work. So he thought I'd just knuckle down and just focus on playing good golf on one tour and just win the card back that way. Uh, you said he didn't hit it uh, very far. He's only five foot six. He's small. That's like small, small. Yeah, Justin Thomas is only five foot eight. Yeah, fair enough. So, mate, um, let's do a quick recap on the events that uh, you are responsible in this team for bringing us the updates on because I really haven't seen a lot of the US uh, PGA Tour over the last couple of weeks. So um, what's the ones that we missed out on, just uh, in a snapshot, the short version? So we had, yeah, the Barracuda. So that's the, you know, we'll call it, remember, I don't know if any people remember, the old international which used to be played at Castle Pines, the modified Stablefoot event. Um, this is always a really good one to watch because, you know, guys are out there and they're encouraged to just go and make birdies. So this one, about five, six years ago, I think moved to um, Reno Tahoe, so and. Nice course up there. Nice, good, nice looking place up there, and with a blaze of glory and a blitz of birdies to finish his back nine. Finally, the young man Colin Morikawa has bro- had broke through for his first win. So, uh, he's in his sixth start on the PGA Tour since turning pro. He's had, I think, he's had four four top tens. He's finished second. Once, fourth, another time, and then, yeah, he won this one. So that that guaranteed him a spot into the into the net club championships. But again, it was back to back weeks of the young rookies, you know, winning. So you had the week before that, you had Matt Matt Wolf, and then you have Colin Morikawa. So the two guys who were the preeminent best um, amateurs in the world for the last sort of three years, really just. They've just come onto the tour and they've just absolutely lit it up. So it's been fantastic to see these these two young men coming on, um, coming on strong. Then I, I um, couldn't, I can't, I can't say that you heard it here first, but certainly early doors, you did a great job of talking up that group of young guys. And to, oh yeah, to your credit, yeah. a couple of them have gone on to deliver the the goods and. Uh, you were very, very glowing in your praise of Colin Morikawa a few weeks ago. I think when um, when Matt Wolf won. Yeah. And we yep. talked talk about him before that. Even before said, that. You know, yep. His ball striking, his ball striking is is just a machine. He finishes in the top two to three in strokes gained, you know, tee to green, like every week. And he just needs to get a little bit of bit of bit of um, heat in the putter every now and then. Mm-hmm. He just contends. He just contends. It's awesome. It's awesome. So he's on that win, makes it into the top one, two, five? Yeah, so with all the points that he accumulated, I think he's um, I think he's like 46th in the FedEx Cup points. He's just racked him up. Absolutely racked him up. So six Matt of, Wolf is six, 69. So six events, six events for the year, and you finish yeah. 40th in the, in the top 125, which is the... You know, you've got to be there to to play these last two events and, and or last three events. Um, yeah. 
Well, he had to win. He had to win to get in. This is a stu- yeah. they've got a stupid yeah. thing where uh, unless he, um, yeah, they had some stupid rule. If you you have to play at least a minimum of seven events to qualify. If you play less, you have to win to qualify. So him and Matt Wolf have won, so they qualify for the for the the um, the playoff series. So, but the thing is that he was so. I think Morikawa's worst finish with his first event, which he finished like. 25th. Everything else has been inside the top 10, except for one other event. I think he's finished like 11th. So with that group of guys, let's talk about the future. So let's put it out there now. Next year, what are you tipping for those guys next year? What what do you foresee, old Guru, um, guru Rocket? Well, you've got you've got a, you've got three of them, right? So one fell short. This week, which is Victor Hovland, so he had the three, three hot, you know, um, college guys. There's a couple of others that come out. I can't. Their names escape me. But so he had Colin Morikawa. Hovland was Matt US Wolf, Open. Did well, Victor Hovland. Did well in US Open. Yeah, Hovland. That's him. Yeah. So yeah. he was the reigning US Amateur Champion. Um, yeah, he finished tied for seventh at US Open. Yeah. Um, he was a teammate teammate of Matt Wolf. Oh, think about that. There's a couple of other players that are on that that Oklahoma State team that are just they're absolute ballers as well. So they're gonna come out in the next two years. That team was so stacked it was not even funny. Um and then yeah, so you had those two and you had Colin Morikawa come out and Wolf and Morikawa are the ones that will probably they'll be the ones that will probably um probably churn out another win maybe next year. Mm-hmm. I still think, you know, just them winning in their first six events is, is a phenomenal effort. Um, even just churning out a win um, in, on, a, on tour is, you know, winning is hard. You know, there's so many people week in, week out. So I can ex- I expect to see them, you know, probably knock out another win or maybe even two next year. Um, Hovland, um, I would expect him to win next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't because he's not he's not in the same realm as a ball striker as the other two. So between Wolf and Morikawa from T to Green, those two guys are just they're just elite. They are really elite. Um, Hovland is a bit more probably a bit more streaky. Um, so I'm probably even though yes he finished tied for seventh, he came out early played played a hot round. Yes, he's one of US Amateur, but from a purely consistency standpoint, Wolf and Morikawa, I could see them win again next year and definitely be right in the top... I would say in the top 30 come you know, end of the year. So I don't think they're going to be you know, scrambling around to try and retain their cards next year. Well, they got, well with wins, they've got two-year exemptions anyway, So, but I can't see them having to scramble for their cards. They're going to be... They will definitely be prominent players on tour. Um, Morikawa, because he's just consistent, really good ball striker. Matt Wolf, because of his swing, it's quite unique. But he, he just, he just, it's awesome. And he, you know, it's Matt Wolf. He's, he's already got people, you know, with these Wolf Pack cries when he hits tee shots. It's awesome. Like there's going to be this little cult following of him, and he's such an amazing. He gets. He can get on some serious hot streaks. So he, I think it was um, last year's 
So through all the college series, so for the his last season in college events, his worst finish was seventh out of like fifteen college events. Not bad. Yeah, it's pretty hot. I think Colin Morikawa. I think his worst finish was like eleventh. I'm just going to say, Rocket. I'm not a fan of the American calling out at tour events, and I don't want to offend anyone in of our United States li- uh, listeners. I'm not a fan of that, but I can take them calling out for Matt Wolf. I can take the wolf howling, but I can't take. Yeah, the, the calling out with shots and stuff like that. It's it's like it's it's on par with Aussie 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 oi oi oi. And we're, we're, it's, that's it's, that is probably one of the, the that's all top all time top five worst. But uh, the mashed potatoes and you the man and get in the hole, just leave yeah. it, leave it alone, guys. Leave it alone. Just yeah, let it go. Just, let it go. Just, bur- just bur- him in the backyard with the dead dog. Just, let it, let like, it go. just let seriously. Anyway, um, so what was the next event? Oh, so look out for those guys. So if you want, if you want a, a couple of guys to follow, and put in your little black book, um, they're still going to be great odds in the. Opening part of the season next year, I'm tipping. Do be like Rocket, get on them because they might give yeah, you, might give you, might give you a little return. We're not a betting channel here. When we don't advocate bet gamble responsibly, but I know a lot of you do gamble on golf. Put those guys in your black book and just have them in your in your in your in your factors. Um, next tournament, Rob. Uh, Rob, well, Rob Rocket. well, that the, at the Barracuda there was an opposite event which I really didn't watch because because it was a world uh, a WGC event. Guess what? It was on Golf TV, which is a subscription service. Mm. So no one watched it. No. So the um, yeah, the Alligator Swamp Classic down in Memphis. <laughs> it was. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Have a guess who won? My man, my man Brooksy. He won a PGA Tour event. He didn't win a major. He won a PGA Tour event. Well, you know why this makes it special? Is because he was two back of Rory going to the final round, and he crushed him. He crushed his little <laughs> key Irish heart. Oh, 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 oh. He crushed Easy. him. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Sorry, you know I got a book club. I can't help it. I'm, I've got an island love. You know, I've got to stick up for my <laughs> Celtic brothers. All right. <laughs> Rory's one of them. Rory's one of them. So yeah, Brooksy wins that. Takes the lead in the uh, in the FedEx Cup points which he couldn't give two hoots about. But I think it was just purely him just going, do you know what, I'm going to show people what I'm made of. And it was just a clinic. He is an absolute clinic. Well, that's that's the point. Uh, that's the point that, that, you, that you've made in, before and you're making now is that he really didn't give a tinkers about that WGC event, but he that was his opportunity to make that point that when he wants to be Brooks, he just turns up and does Brooks. And when he doesn't want to do Brooks, he doesn't do Brooks. But when he does, yeah. look out. He's playing in the final group, WGC, against Rory. And he would look at Rory and go, hmm, I'm going to crush you today. <laughs> and, and I reckon that's exactly the mentality he's gone into that final round with. And he's gone, I cannot let you win. Um, so he just found whatever, whatever he needed and... Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just a pure clinic. Mm. Um, the, although the, the, the more interesting things that came out of the uh, Alligator Swamp Classic was the fact that um, you know there was a nine one one call put out for um, Sergio's advisors to um, <laughs> race to the course. 
because um, Sergio, the real Sergio, <laughs> reappeared during the Swamp Classics. He reappeared. <laughs> All the advisors would have been having a meltdown on the 16th hole. I think it was the second round after he hit a bit of a low flat Sergio hook. He is taken to the tee with his driver like he was trying to kill a rattlesnake. He has chopped that thing up. <laughs> he lost his marbles. Oh, I love it. And then not only that, the very next day, I think it was like the fifth hole, he's hit another one of those little flash hooky sort of things. And uh, I think his brother was carrying the bag. Yes. And he has helicopter thrown his driver at his brother. Did you did you watch the video? Or you probably were watching it, but like the whole crowd just went stone motherless silent. And, and I guess, and do you know who else is stone motherless silent? The PGA, PGA Tour. Tour. Yeah, absolutely. It, for, just for the driver thing alone, he should have been. He should be suspended. The helicopter throw. Look, there are a few people that might know me that know this thing. When I was younger, I was certainly no angel, and I was prone to the odd. Chuck of a club, maybe a snap over the knee. But when you're 43 years old, he's the same age as me, you don't do that stuff. Mm. Like, really. Grow grow up, I nearly, I nearly swore then. Grow up. Like, seriously. Sergio, grow up. It's not a good look, is it? It's just... Oh. It's just a very ordinary look for the game. It's not one that's required, and you're right. You really should And be. he's got form. He does this every year, and he comes out, and his advisors give him a prescripted thing. Oh, I'm emotional. You know, it's an emotional game, and I'm just trying to release it, you know, and I'm maturing as a person, and it won't happen again. I'm a father now. Oh, blah, blah, bugger off. Did he, like, did, it's, it's baloney. Did he throw a club at his caddy at Port Rush as well? Did I read that I right? I think he did. I think he did, yeah. I think he did. You, you'd just walk Third off. Round. You'd walk off. I would walk off. I couldn't, I, I would I would put the clubs down and say, hombre, carry him yourself, buddy. You, you just don't, you don't need that. No. No, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mate, now, anything else come out of uh, that event uh, or any of those two that you want to report on? Any tidbits of information that may have escaped no, the view of the listeners? No. Alligator Swamp Classic, Brooks won. Okay. Anything else? Um, what else? No. Uh, the last one was uh, last week was the Wyndham. So this is the everyone racing to the end. Um and a young toiler on tour, and this is, a, you know, 2019 is the year of the, you know, the stories, JT Poston. Mm. So, um, you know, so his first win on tour, 26-year-old, he's, just, he's battled it way, his way through McKenzie Tour, you know, what was then Web.com Tour, up onto the PGA Tour. You know, he was, a, he was an absolute... Um, Stud player in high school, wasn't recruited by any of the Division One colleges. Took a scholarship at like a just a backwater um, um, college, and just became just a, he was an elite college player. 
but just did it the hard way. He just wasn't gifted anything, and this is just a, another one of those one for the for the the guys that just just aren't given anything and they work hard and they earn it. So it's just a just a great a great victory for another another young player on tour who's just a just a really good golfer and one that we'll probably see more of over the next few years. What was his name again? JT Poston. Oh, JT. Never heard of yeah. him. Never heard of him. Yeah, he, he's he's been in, he's been on a few leaderboards over the through the course of the year. I think he's in inside the top fifty on the on the FedEx Cup. Um, yeah, he's just a just a really good all round golfer. Had a good college career, and he's just had to fight his way through all the different um, tour levels and stuff like that just to 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 get to here. Um, and so it's you know it's just. It's just another, another one of those really good stories again. So 2019 has been uh, the year of the really good stories. Oh, here we go, 27th. He's 27th in the FedEx Cup. JT Poston. And, you know, because he's from North Carolina, it was even better because, you know, Wyndham was played in, in North Carolina at a Donald Ross course, mind you, Sedgefield. What a great course that is. <laughs> So mate, I uh, what did I watch? I've been watching. Um, I watched a little bit of the uh, British Senior Open Championship, played at Royal Lytham and St Anne's, which I, I actually quite enjoyed. And it had been a while since did I you, yeah. did. You anchor yourself to the couch. <laughs> you, you see where I'm going with that one? Oh, yes, I am. Um, based, yeah, sorry, I'm a bit. I, it's it's late down here at Mornington Peninsula uh, this, this recording night, but. Um, Yes, so what you're referring to, Rocket, is the winner of the British Senior Open, uh, Mr. Herr Bernhard Langer, who um, is still using the long putter and still comes under the scrutiny of many. You're anchors away. And anchors away. So the listeners will know that Anchoring was banned a few years ago. You can still use a long putter. That is totally fine. You can um, use it in a way where it's not anchored to any part of your body. Now, the argument is is that Bernard Langer is still Just anchoring. Rules the... need to be applied. They can be changed, but they also need to be applied. Exactly. There's, there's a final step. Exactly. There's a final step in the process that the tools are not quite, you know, they've kind of missed it. So he's not the only one using a long putter still, and yeah, Adam Scott, Scott McCarran, Scott McCarran, Adam Scott, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, the line is like all the rules of golf. You know, like it's that final line to, you know, what is anchoring and what is touching, what you know, what is your shirt touching that makes it look like you're anchoring. And and these guys are all are all saying, and they've all sort of said the same thing at the same at different times, that it's just my shirt touching it. I'm not anchoring, and it's not hinging, but the pundits and the commentators and the whoever else's are all pretty unequivocal in there. It looks like you know, it looks like you're anchoring, and I guess what they people, know where the TV cameras are. Yeah, and what people are saying is that yeah, you, you, what what I think is if if you putted that well when you're anchoring, right, you can't putt that well with the long putter unanchored because it's just not what it's designed for. So how can you still putt that well? And it not be anchored in one way. Even an anchoring, you know, I've tried it. I've actually tried it 
just to see what a difference a little touch mate you know just if you had your little knuckle imagine imagine putting your, your little knuckle which barely touches your, your chest therefore in effect still anchoring rather than the proper solid anchoring that they used to even that little touch that slightest little knuckle touch which is might be imperceptible is still going to make a massive difference so the jury's out the jury's out for many that they're still anchoring, but uh, yeah, it is it is still controversial for a lot of people. But Bernhard Langer won that. I I really like what I liked is, you know, I like Bernhard Langer as a player. Bloody, the way he bunts it around with his, uh, you know, swing and how good he is and how great he's been through that journey. Um, he's a great player. He was way back and he he obviously um, shot minus four on the last day to. Um, to, to get a two straight win, Retief Goosen up there, which I thought saw, which was good. Um, I like watching Lytham St Anne's. You know how many bunkers on that course? It's unbelievable. Amazing course. It's probably uh, you can Not see. Not so many Dutch champions have won on that course. It's just bunkers everywhere. But uh, it was good to watch. Um, David McKenzie performed quite well, and he was actually leading at one stage, maybe on the first or the second day. We might have mentioned David McKenzie, I think, uh, on the Mike Ferroni podcast that David McKenzie came up and I said that Michael Ferroni was, uh, should have been, could have been as good as David McKenzie, but David McKenzie finished tied fifth, minus two, so it was good to see him on the TV. Um, he does well. Anyway, and then we had the Women's British Open, which uh, I don't think either of us watched too much of. I watched a little bit. No. It was at Woburn. But yeah. what, what I did watch was... The final hole, and I watched it a number of times. I watched, I watched a bit of it. I watched a bit of it on Thursday and Friday. I didn't see too much on Saturday. And then watched uh, a little bit of the, the closing stages on, on the final day. And uh, the young Japanese lady, um, what was her name, Rocket? It escapes me at the moment, but it will come back to me. The way that she closed out for that one-shot win... Now, you've got a story on this, so you take you take over from here how uh, how it played <laughs> yeah, out. What a, yeah, so I'd heard, so I'd heard, so first of all, I'd heard that um, so it was the first LPGA tour event. She's only ever played in Japan. Um, she's only been playing professional. She's only been playing golf for like five years or something. She came out of um, she's, she's dragged her out of softball. Hinako, um, Hinako Shibuno. Hidako, there you go. Yeah. Um, she seems quite sort of um, very bubbly and carefree. So she's standing in the middle of the fairway on 18, waiting for the green to clear. She's got six iron in, 150, 60 yards. She's tied for the lead. Turns to a caddy, and her caddy is burst out laughing. And they asked her what she'd said afterwards. And she said to her caddy, uh, wouldn't it be embarrassing if I shanked it right here and right now? This is before she so she's tied for the lead. She hasn't even hit a shot yet, and she just makes that crack. And anyone know any golfer out there knows that even just the word shank in one's head, like it, it's it's like this, it's like a it's like a mental handcuffing, and it's not the word you want in your head. And she just says it in the heat of the moment, then goes back, takes a club, hits it into about fifteen feet. On the on the last hole, and you could take it from here. 
Mate, that word's that bad. I almost want to go into post-production here and beep it out of this podcast, to be to be fair. But, <laughs> but well, what I, was going to, what I was going to say is that she walked up, marked a ball, and it was maybe, I don't know, a 12-footer. So it wasn't a short putt. It wasn't an overly long putt, but it had a fair left-to-right break. But the manner in which she just walked up, marked the ball, realigned it, had a look at the putt, didn't mess about, walked up, struck the putt, putt went in the hole. It was more like she was just playing in a Saturday comp. That it was like she was just playing that hole out and moving on to the next hole, not to win. You know, her first major, the Women's British Open. Um, it was it was unbelievable the way that she just walked up and held it out. It was really, if you can get the chance to go back and see it, it was. It's a great lesson, and maybe to some people on how to putt, just walk up, pick your line. Roll the rock. Mental game, right? Mental game, watch sometimes, it going. Sometimes you almost have to be, you know, how do you make yourself almost like mentally unconscious and you're not thinking about ahead, you're just thinking about that shot. And it's the old Tiger Woods one, you know, why rips one, rips a putt five feet past. And they go, what were you thinking? And he goes, nothing. I was thinking about holding the putt. Hmm. And, it, and, and you could tell by the look in her face, it was like, oh, it went in. Hmm. I've just, <laughs> I've just won the winning, Women's British Open. Well done. But uh, yeah. I did. I did feel. I did feel a little bit for uh, Lizette Salas, who missed a four footer by um, on the last. She rammed it, went for that hole, you know, rammed it in the back of the cup, you know, picked the line, hold the line, maintain the line. It just basically caught a good chunk of the lip and popped out to the side, and that would have got her into a playoff. But uh, you know, she's been there or thereabouts of recent times. Um, no other Aussies really figured in there. I think Minji, Minji was uh, the best of the Australian girls. She finished T11, and Hannah Green um, T16. So she was she's got a bit of TV coverage. She was up there for a while. It was good to see her, you know, bounce not bounce back. That's not the right term, but you know, back up. You know, being the, a previous major winner and um, and finished pretty strongly. Minus three in the last day. Minus seven overall. Um, she was up there. She competed, and she competed really well. She she looked good on TV. Uh, Sue was also yeah. up there to a tight T21, um, former Kingswood uh, member there. Um, if you didn't know that, Rocket, you probably did. No, I didn't. Her dad's a member down at the club. Um, yeah, but anyway, it was good. Woburn was different. I hadn't really seen a lot of Woburn before, but it wasn't what I expected. Totally different to uh, Leatherman and St Anne's, a very woodland, not even a Heathland course, but woodland in amongst the trees, the pine trees. Yeah, they could have. They could have. They could have played. They've got so many other courses. They could have played that at. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I didn't really. I'm not. I don't know who the designer of Woburn yeah, is. Sunningdale. They could have played at Sunningdale Correct. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, oh yeah, my god. Yeah. Walton Heath. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't look like a course that, it, that unlike Lytham, didn't look like a course I want to jump over on a plane and go and play tomorrow. But uh, I'm sure. But I would have been better off to just grab a couple of grab a couple of um logs. Throw them down as tea markers and couple, put a couple of um, you know ski poles in the ground outside of Buckingham Palace and would have been better. <laughs> You're always very scathing in your commentary about things that you don't like, but that's what makes the fans like you, Rocket. Well done. Now, mate, that was a very long introduction to what we're really here to talk about. And you may, listeners, have noticed... Rod probably hasn't referred to one of the tournaments of the previous weeks by their proper names. 
um, what do you, you call it? The KFC or the tour? The KFC tour? Yep, Corn Ferry tour. Corn Ferry. KFC. KFC. Uh, and uh, what else? The Swamp, Alligator Swamp Classic? Yep. The, the WGC, St. Jude. And then uh, was there any other uh, wacky names that you've made up? Because you love a wacky um, name. Oh, yeah, they have, we had the, uh, the posted note. Posted note. So the posted note. Which is the 3M? Yes, yep. we've done we've done that one previously, but uh, but what we're really here to talk about is the what are the you net club championships. The net club championships. <laughs> now, if you're, if you're not a golf club, if you're not a golf club member, you know, and you play in the club championship, there is the club champion who is the stroke winner, the guy who has the least strokes. We agree. That's what you play for. The club champion is the dude who shoots the least. The least. Yep. The net. Off the, off, the, off, the, off the stick, off, off the, stick. the bat, whatever you want to call it. He's the man. And then you've got the net club champion. He's the guy with the lowest net score, which is your with his handicap, handicap yep. taken off. Which is, gross which, score minus handicap gross, equals net. Which is a fine achievement. But it always feels like second place you know like not even second place so the net club championship please explain rocket why is the fedex tour or the the culmination of the season for these guys who we love and adore week in week out we lord them we shower them with our platitudes of appraisal and you and you bring their final stand and you give it a weird funny name what's with that well, FedEx Cup, FedEx, FedEx have been a fantastic sponsor of the, of first of all the St Jude uh, tournament for a very long time, and then became a major sponsor of the PGA Tour about twelve years ago. Um, and then they created the FedEx Cup Playoff Series, um, which you know, so it's a culmination of the end of the year, get to the regular, you know, end of the year, and then from the Cup one twenty five. So they continue on to play a few more tournaments and the fields are cut down to 70, then down to 30, which culminates in the Tour Championship. And the winner with the total amount of FedEx Cup points at the end of the end of, um, of that becomes the FedEx Cup champion. Um, and not always the, FedEx, the Tour Championship winner wins the FedEx Cup. So there's a whole heap of things. Um, so Fed, Fed, of- FedEx Cup champion wins what? What does he win? Hold on, hold on one sec. What? So what does the uh, what does the FedEx uh, Cup champion win? Ten million bucks. I think it's fifteen now. Oh, is that all? Okay. Yeah, yeah, fifteen. <laughs> nice. Just a lazy fifteen. It sucks. Um, um, so, and then one of the big changes for this season. Is I think the PGA Tour gave the um, PGA um, America a lot of money to move the US PGA into May, which meant they could move the playoff series out of September, which is right smack bang in the start of the NFL season. I'm an NFL nut. No one watches any golf in August in in September as soon as NFL season starts. So move it into August. That means the British Open now finishes in July, is the, the last major of the year, which I'm still trying to get my head around. Mm. So they've made all these changes, 
but they made one more. And that is the person... So you get the final 30 to go into the Tour Championship. The person who is number one in the FedEx Cup points rankings starts round one at 10 under. And it goes down the rankings. So person who's second starts at 8 under. Person who's third starts at 7. Person who's fourth starts at 6. Person who's fifth starts at uh, 5. And then people that are ranked between 6 and 11 are at 4. Ones between 11 and like 20, they're at three. And it goes on and on down to, you know, the person who's between 26 and 30, they start at even par. So, let's say Brooks Kepka. So, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's just rewind. So, the first <laughs> event, the f- there's three events. So, it's gone from four events to three events. So, two, the, yep. this, this weekend is what? Northern Trust. So, the, Liberty National, so where the it's played top, every year so the on, top, a, on, a, on a tip. Top one two five are playing in the Northern Northern Trust. You've busted your hump to be yep. top one two five, and you and and then yep. from there it goes to the BMW, BMW Championship, which is played then played at Medina this year. Oh, so oh, oh, 50, 55 of them get cut, so you're down to seventy. Yep. And then after the BMW, forty more yep. get cut. So then the Tour Championship, yep. which is at uh, East Lake this year. You pl- this no, third. It's, it's always been at East Lake. It's always That's at East Lake. Sorry, um, sorry. Oh my god, it's yeah. a terrible course. So there's a thirty dudes, and if you are the highest ranked person after the BMW, you start ten under. So that's the net tour net championship. The, he's yep. starting start. Yep. They've given him ten off his. Sh- it doesn't. Yep. S- it just. Yep. Help me understand it. Can it? Can I? Can is there a justification? What's the justification for it? It's PGA Tour. There is no logic. Okay. They do dumb mm-hmm. stuff all the time. Okay. You only have to look at how they do social media compared to the European Tour. Mm. Why are we not surprised? It's, it's, their, their, their explanation is they're trying to maintain the integrity of the the Tour Championship, like or the FedEx Cup, whatever it is. It's just dumb. It's a playoff. It's a playoffs. If this was the NBA. Or if it was the NFL, whoever makes the playoffs, so let's say the final, 30 into the final, everyone starts from zero. If anything, it should be one versus 30, you know, two versus 29. But they're not going to play match play. It's a stroke play event. So everyone should start from scratch. That's, a, that's the event. But whether that person ranked 30 in points or first, shouldn't matter. Is, is there any, have you got any insight into what the players think? I, I guess they all probably tow the company line, but. Surely they, they do. Surely they wouldn't be. They they would think it's a joke. Surely. Oh, they obviously must think it's a complete joke. Everyone else thinks it's a joke. It's going to be embarrassing. Like it's literally going to be embarrassing. Like it's 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 not even going to create any any. I, I don't know. It's it will be interesting to see how this goes because I cannot see how this ends in nothing but. Just a slow-moving four-day car crash. It's just gonna. It's it. it I, I can't see it being a success. So, for example, as I've said to you before, if they applied this logic to the scores from last year, where Tiger Woods makes that you know monumentous charge to to victory for his first win for ever, he wouldn't win. I don't think he'd even finish in the top five. 
Imagine if you went and surveyed the golfing population of the world and said and said Tiger Woods doesn't win that tournament based on that. He had he has the lowest score, but he didn't win because he didn't start more. It'd be an outrage. It'd be an outrage. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's crazy. If any if anyone does have an alternate view out there that is listening, feel free. Ross at myloveofgolf.com. dot com. Ross at myloveofgolf.com, send me an email and give me your opposing view on why it's a good thing and uh, I'll send you something. I don't, I don't know what, but just help me out. Help us out. Sorry, mate. And if anyone thinks it's a great idea, I'd like them, I'd like them to also explain if they think the earth is flat. <laughs> flat this, flat earth is. This, 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 this format is in, it's in the flat earth realm. Oh dear. So, anyway, so we've got the Northern Trust this weekend. Yep, on a built on a tip. Built on a tip. Yep. Brooks has uh, Brooks has finished out the year at the in the number one posse. Three three wins, I think, for the year. Rory second. Uh, yes, I think it's yeah three wins. Rory's had a couple of wins. Then we've got uh, three drops in <laughs> um, third place. Yeah, that's Matt Kucher. Um so, can can anyone can anyone have taken more of a pounding for their reputation in the last twelve months than than, than Matt Kuchar? Like he has had a he's had a great year on tour. Like if you look at you know, ranking and wins and stuff like that, but reputation wise, he has taken a beating compounding. <laughs> oh, he's done himself no favors whatsoever. He did. Uh, he did slide out of favoritism. You know, the all-round Mister Nice Guy slid, slid out of favoritism slide. very slide. early it on. Was, it was. It was a dramatic drop off a cliff. I don't think anyone. Mm. I don't think he. I don't think there's a lot of sympathy his way. So, um, what do you see? see? Shop, will Sander Shoffley fourth in the FedEx Cup points? What? What drive do you reckon he'll use? Yeah, well, hopefully one that's been tried and tested. And <laughs> it won't be tested. Hey, come on, we're, we're going into a, an, an event that is a net score. <laughs> they don't penalise players for slow play. Sergio can take an axe to a grip to a tee and nearly kill his caddy with a helicopter throw. And what Xander Shockley is going to have his driver tested? Well, you know. <laughs> But the point, oh, I guess, you, the point is on you know, as you allude to that you know this tour basically allows anyone to do anything and get away with it. Um, you know, it did seem to have been swept under the carpet a little bit, quite quickly. You know, it wasn't really a lot of discussion around it, and a few people tried to allay it and said, "Look, everyone's doing it anyway, so they're all illegal." Um, Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But uh, Northern Trust, mate, what's going, what's going to happen? Well, who, who, who's your tip? Who are you going to pick? Brooks. Um, well, I did it first. Brooks. Uh, you might finish thereabouts. Okay. Um, I reckon... Hmm, let me think. I still think Morikawa. Morikawa I've got finishing in the top five, because I, I think he's just got really good form coming in. Um, so I've actually, I reckon DJ. Really? Because it's in the, yep, 
DJ's just sort of plotted around, really done nothing. It's that end of the year where it's just a race for cash. And he did, he's done it the last few years where he sort of has this big slump and then all of a sudden he appears at the end of the year. So I reckon DJ, DJ will, will, um, will pop up like a sprinkler. And yeah, D, DJ's my pick. Okay. What about okay, Aussie? You can go for the best Aussie. Well, who have we got? Cam Davis and Adam? No, no, Cam Davis. He's he's going to be battling away in the um oh, the not Cam Smith Cam Smith Cam Smith yeah so we'll have um Adam Scott Jason Day Cam Jason, Smith yeah and Matt, Matt Jones Matt, Matt, Jones. Matt Jones yeah yeah he finished in one fifteen oh please Cam Smith. What about Leash? Is Leash, oh, Leash, Leash is in there. Leash is in there too. Got Leash is in there. Cam yeah. Smith was mine. Damn, he got first. All right, I'll go with Adam Scott because he's won this tournament before. I, I'm just getting a feeling for for Jason Day. I don't know why. He's going to put it. He's going to. He's, he's going to put all of his uh, trials and tribulations for this year behind. And he's, he's he's been on a four week, you know, Stevie boot camp. You know, just working, just you know. Tapering off into the playoffs, you reckon? Mm. Well, <laughs> it's it would. I don't know. It, is it unlikely that he could go the whole year without a great result? He's got to get a result somewhere. He could do it. He, uh, if, I reckon if any one of them is going to do it, it'll be it, it could be him to get a result over the next couple of weeks. Anyway, that's all. Oh, look, it'd be nice because, yeah. you know, you'd see some of the hard... If, and it depends on if he's doing it in a new fashion, like as I spoke about the other week, I think a couple of tournaments before the Open where, you know, he, he was seen hitting, you know, these controlled shots, three-quarter shots, which is probably going to be, one, giving better ball control, but probably one, save his career because he can't swing like that aggressive on every shot. Mm over a 10-year period and expect to not be like rolling around on the ground calling for a chiropractor. So if he can win it by actually being able to sort of golf his ball around a course rather than just try and smash it all the time and rely on his short game, you know, that would be that would be a massive win. Well, it would be a massive boost for him and it might give him a bit of a spur for 20, uh, 2020. But um, I don't know, Cam Smith's got a bit of form yeah. you know, rolling in. So... Mm, will be interesting, but yes, DJ, DJ's my pick. I okay. can see this would be just right up DJ's alley. I'm gonna go Rory. Oh, oh! He's gonna have to lead by twenty going into the final round. Just yeah. to hold on. Well, sorry, that... sorry. I'm, I'm having a bit of a swing at him. <laughs> you are, but uh, you're probably right. So, um, <laughs> okay, DJ, Rory, Jason, and. Uh, and young Cam, what else, mate? Um, you got any tidbits of, you know, anything? Phil Fireside with Phil, does he, he give you any uh, levity of late? Well, you know, my my social media hiatus has continued and it's been going really strong. So uh, I can't remember how many days it was when we last spoke. So I think I'm nearly at the uh, thirty day mark of no Twitter, no Instagram, no Facebook. So I really haven't consumed any of um, Phil's stuff, and I think even he's taken a bit of a hiatus as well to 
um, you know, maybe still recovering from his, you know, his fasting before the British Open. So. <laughs> hey, I've got a question for you that popped into mind when we were talking about the young guns earlier on. Are, are any yeah. of them within the qualification number to be potential selections for President's Cup? Uh, I don't think they would have accumulated enough, so they would have to be um, captain's picks. Cap- is there a check? So there I, a- I don't know. I don't know when they do the selections of those. So it'd be one of those things where even after the Tour Championship, the new season starts pretty quick. So mm-hmm. there's a run of about four or five events um, through September and October. Um, I think they call it the full series, and so you know, do these do these young fellas actually go and play those? You know, especially because they've already got their card, but because they can make their own schedule, mm. um, so they may not play, so they may not, you know, be showing that type of form. Um, Presence Cup will be interesting because you think you know you got think of players that are either on the fringe or possibly just not even going to be selected in playing. You think of someone like Jordan Spieth. So, yeah. so I saw that picture the other day with Tiger has assembled the troops and, and he's not in it. Spieth? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't deserve to be on there. He wasn't you, you, you couldn't trust him. But but it was just weird seeing a picture of, you know, the possibles and probables and there's not even Jordan in the picture. He, he's, you know, it's with the exception... If he didn't have the finishes that he had at the USPGA where he pushed his way to, like, third, and I think he finished top 10, top 15 at the Open, and he's finished thereabouts in a couple of other events, if if his form had made... You know, if he hadn't pushed his way into where he finished on some of those, um, he's... he's going to probably be outside the top 50 in the world and he was on top, on track for being probably even outside even the top 100. The fall of, fall of Jordan Speak from 12, 18 months ago has been just this... It's not dramatic, it's just been just slow. And it's to the point where, you know, from tee to green, like, he's horrible. Like, his, his, his tee to green game is held together by just a couple of couple of orange strings of bailing twine. <laughs> like he, he, he's literally putting, putting and chipping the eyes out of it, and that's the only reason he's thereabouts or contends. Like, he just... You know, if you saw some of the shots that he hit... Actually, where was it? It was... was it, um, yeah, it was the Alligator Swamp Classic. I think he's, he's hit it... He's hit it OB on one of the holes. I think it was... No, it wasn't OB. It was a hook. He hit this flat hook on like the second last hole and it was like 65 yards left of the fairway. Like it was not like a little miss. It was like massive. Yeah. So whatever he's, whatever's happened in his game, he's completely lost it. Oh. He's just lucky he can chip and putt because if he couldn't chip and putt, like, oh my God. It would be just be frightening, actually. Well, it's sad to see someone because uh, you know he's a fan favourite, Jordan. You can get it back, mate. 
So I've got to admit something, uh, Rocket, in closing. I've had, uh, you know, I've been probably playing once a week, once a fortnight, my own golf, and my handicap's blown back a couple of a couple of points. I think my GA has gone from two point something to four point something, which which is still okay. But I don't like going backwards. I like going forwards. But uh, there's one part of my game which isn't really holding up at the moment. And that's my chipping game. So I'm gonna I'm going to ask if anyone knows any short game specialists in Scotland slash the Edinburgh area. If you're listening in the UK and you know a short game specialist, I'm about to take a few weeks off and I'm going to be playing golf over there, out of my environment, in a new part of the the world. Maybe you can offer me, bring me something in the short game space that I can put into play while I'm on holidays playing a bit of golf. I would appreciate your feedback or free, your con- connection with that person who is the short game guru in and around Scotland. It doesn't matter if just it's... Pull out, just pull out your nibbling. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked <laughs> because <laughs> that... Uh, and we didn't discuss this. This, we, this that, I'm glad you asked because the impure thoughts that I've been having, and I am not an advocate for buying golf clubs online. It's not, in, it's not what I do. It's, um, but with my poor chipping, I was watching the latest Rick Sh- one of the latest Rick Shields videos the other day. And he road tested that bloody chipper, that chipping club that you can buy <laughs> online. And after- I can't believe they still exist. I remember seeing Pete see the, some of the older guys at uh, the club I was a member at, and they'd have this one. It was like it was like the uh, the hybrid of hybrid of wedges. Oh, it was um, <laughs> the rocket. most ugliest things in the on the planet. This thing is a weighted a weighted club, and my chipping around the green, yeah. even just a little bump and run ones, have got has got that unreliable that I'm sitting here tonight thinking, which club would I chuck out of the bag just to have that chipper in, so I don't, you know, wipe those two holes where I go flub flub, and that's the difference between thirty four points and thirty seven points for me at the moment is. Two chips, miss one. You know, great drive. It's easy to miss a green at Peninsula if you you know don't hit the green in the right spot, and then flub flub miss. And I'm I'm driving home thinking about it online chipper because I saw it on Rick Shields. It's I've, a, I've it's, got two solutions for it's you. It's shocking, mate. It's shocking. I've got two solutions for you. The first one. Yes. I'm going to send you the video of Phil Mickelson before the U.S. Open when he talks about just chipping, mm. um, and. A bit of how Ray Floyd used to do it. Ray Floyd is probably the best chipper of the ball ever. So I'll send you that video. The second one, if that doesn't work, there's a video of um, of, of the, the fraudulent physicist doing some brainwave training with like this gold helmet that he actually carries around in a case with him during events. So he puts it on and wears it while he's watching movies. And when his brainwaves get too... Um, to stimulate it, he has to, you know, change what he's watching. Maybe that will help. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. I'll, I'll look forward to that video, Rocket. <laughs> anyway, I thought I'd just share that if you're out there playing great golf, especially in winter in, in winter time, if you're playing great golf, all power to you and congratulations. And I hope you're picking up golf balls in the ball comp, nearest to pins, and, you know, the $10, $20, $50 voucher, whatever it is that your club gives you. If you're there or thereabouts or struggling a little bit like me, keep at it. And if you need some help with chipping, go and see a pro. 
get a lesson, whether it's on a simulator or at your at your golf club, go and get a lesson. Yes. No, get get a few lessons. More get than a few one. lessons. Don't, More than one. Don't get sucked into the mental mind power of the internet and buying those chippers that pop up on your on your uh, internet page after you've searched for chipping solutions and it's going to bug you for for life just because Rick Shields reviews it. Keep working, guys. Keep working. Anyway, I feel better now. Yeah, and the other thing is all just encouraging everyone to make sure that they're not spending so much time over shots that a round turns into five and a half. A, a quick round is a good round, and the less you think about your shots, the better you're going to play. So it's mm. a win-win all round. Mm. Uh, just in closing, it's a very good topic. Someone... Um contacted me on Instagram and said they'd love to hear a podcast on slow play and slow play at club level um, because at their particular club it's become a very bad issue and you know it's causing a lot of ag- aggravation amongst the member group. So it probably is something that we could dedicate uh, a podcast to at some stage. Um, and if you do have any suggestions, please Instagram ross at myloveofgolf.com. Send us any suggestions. Really appreciate any feedback um but i did listen to the inside the ropes podcast the other day um with andy ma hazy and um i can't remember else who was on the other dude uh, i think it was a young lady at the time um lady who works for golf australia who's in charge of the open tournaments oh like alice something no no uh, anyway they had bryden mcpherson on who also is a peninsula member and played with bryden a couple of times and he's a lovely oh, listen to that one lovely young man to, one, yeah. lovely young man to play with he's in asia uh, he recently got a start on the corn ferry tour he's playing pretty well just got to get a break but he talked about slow play from his perspective as a as a pro and he talked about it openly and honestly as someone who has been called on playing slow and how it made him feel being part of the group of tour players turning up week in, week out as someone who had you know, been asked to play faster. And he talked about what he's doing to correct it. And it was really interesting. He's an interesting guy to spend you know, 18 holes of golf with and have a chat to. He's got some views on the game that are next level in terms of intellect and I spoke to Bryden when we played last time and you know he, he will give us some time we, I want to sit down with him when he's back in town he will give us some time but if you want to listen to to a, a tour player being open and honest about you know, a challenge that was for him but you know a topic of slow play and and how it is from that side go and listen to it because uh, it was I thought it was very very well done um, and very well spoken by the young man there you go that's all I've got buddy anything else from you uh no it's just it'll be just you know interesting to watch um the kfc tour playoffs because we've got a few australians sort of you know contending then so you've got cam davis and curtis luck who are going to probably will probably play in those playoff events to try and you know finish in the top one uh, top 25 what i don't know how it works some carryover thing or whatever it is so they're going to try and See if they can retain their cars for next year by the playoff series on the on the KFC tour, and then inside the top twenty five at the moment. So you got uh, number twelve. You got Reen Gibson, who had a victory um, earlier in the year. 
We've got Timmy Wilkinson from New Zealand, 21, from, from New Zealand, um, over in the Dutch. And, uh, and uh, Brett Coletta, number 25. So, fingers crossed, uh, young Brettles can you know, maintain that position and hopefully improve that position and, and lessen the pressure you know, going into the, the Tour Championship for um, the Corn Ferry um, and then the other one this is a player I just like to watch because, you know, I, I, me personally and professionally, I followed his father for a long time, um, and he's, he's just got a really interesting story. And that's uh, young um, Mav, or Maverick, Maverick McNeely. He's uh, his twentieth, so hopefully he can win his tour card back. Um, he's a really, he's a really, he's a really interesting person. So I've listened to a few podcasts with him. So he's a good listen as well. Um, but yeah, it'd be good to see him back on tour, on the major tour that is. Well, good luck to those Aussies that are trying to re- retain or gain their PGA Tour card. Um, mate, that's it. Well done. Thanks again. Great insights and coverage from you. And I guess we'll speak in a week or so, um, maybe in the lead up to the BMW. Well, we could probably speak after the BMW because okay. you know then we can install the build up for the yeah. the Net Club Championships. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's all the the Net Club Championships. Who cares about the stroke events? Yeah, very. Yeah, exactly. Why would you Why would you want to win the stroke event when you can win the handicap event? Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's, it's all about the net handicap. You know, um, get your GA. All right, mate. Plenty of controversy from you. Thanks again, and uh, thanks for listening to the My Love of Golf podcast. Hit us up Instagram, email. I think you can even see a website out there, the skeleton of a website at the moment there, www.myloveofgolf.com. Sorry about the uh, emails, Bing. That might be a new subscriber as we talk. So, mate, um, thanks again. I'll speak to you soon. See you, buddy. Thanks, Roscoe. Bye. Bye.